Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Good morning and welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett and the CEO and founder here at Wildman Web Solutions. Uh, we are a digital marketing agency here in Lawrence, Kansas. We specialize in working with small and medium-sized businesses and helping them to leverage technology to achieve their goals and grow. Um, we have been doing this live stream every week for a couple of months now as a resource. We started, um, you know, when a, this pandemic hit and it changed the small business world possibly forever, but definitely made them have to uh, leverage technology a little bit more, rely on their online presence a little bit more, and we started getting a ton of questions. Um, so we started doing this show every week uh, for uh, to answer your questions, open Q&A. Uh, so please, uh, if you do have any questions, you want us to talk about a particular subject, um, you've run across something like this before, please throw your questions in the comments below. This is an open uh, back and forth discussion. So uh, we are live streaming to our Facebook page and to our YouTube channel, uh, and we'll be uploading this video to our website after we're done here. So um, if you are interested, throw your questions in the comments below. If you want to watch some old stuff, go to our website, wildmanweb.com. Uh, you can go to the live stream archives there and watch all of our shows for the last couple of months. Um, so today is a little bit different. We recognize that um, there is another event going on right now, uh, live streaming, that you may be interested in watching. So uh, we may be doing things a little bit differently today. But um, overall, if you are catching this, you're watching this, um, you can throw your questions in the comments below. We'll try to get to them. Or if you're catching this later, you can email your questions to askwildman at wildmanweb.com, and we'll get to you then. I keep saying we here, and that normally I have a guest, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. Three, two, one, Mike. Good morning, Miles. How in the oh. heck are you doing on this sunny, <laughs> fine morning, sir? I'm doing pretty good. It's a it's a beautiful day, a little bit warmer, uh, which is is nice. Um, I've got a major halo effect going on behind me with my windows here. It's just like blinding me from the back. But oh yeah, the future is bright. It's nice. Yeah, there we go. Yes, it's going to be a gorgeous day out there. Uh, yeah, we do have a little bit of competition today on the airwaves. I actually <laughs> I put in a call to the Biden transition team, uh, explained to them the situation. There was a little bit of a schedule, uh, you know, fiasco, if you will, um, and politely asked them if they'd move their event. I, I haven't heard anything back, so I'm assuming it's going forward uh, as planned. But I did what I could do there, uh, you know, on the operation side of the house, Miles. That's that's part of my job. So always appreciate it. Yeah, I, I tried. Yeah, well, we'll we'll try to get him on next week or something. Ask That'd be fun. Can, uh, yeah, yeah. Get his take on digital marketing. <laughs> I'll make another call. All right. So uh, we've got a couple of things to go over today. Um, we've got some big things happening here just 
in, um, inside Wildman Web Solutions. And so we want to take a little bit to talk about some of those things we're trying to do. Because, um, you know, we started doing this show as a, as a resource during COVID, but um, we have a lot of other efforts to help small businesses, a lot of other programs out there. So uh, we want to make sure to take a little bit of time today and go over each of those and uh, spend a little bit of time talking about those. And also, as usual, here to take your questions. So um, please throw your questions in the comments below and we'll address them as they come. You can already see some comments coming in here. Good morning, Mr. Jeff Fry. Morning, Jeff. <laughs> well, thanks for, uh, thanks for watching, Jeff. Always good to have you. Um, if you guys are interested in what we're talking about or you want us to dive in on any particular subject, follow his lead and uh, throw your questions in the comments below. All right, uh, so we're gonna start with a couple of questions that we had gotten over the last week or two, uh, more conversations that we've had with, um, with clients and other business owners, and then we'll move into some of these other programs and take your questions as they come in. Um, probably one of the more interesting ones that I got anyway, and be interested to see what you think on, on this, Mike, um, is relating to search, um, online presence, SEO, and COVID. Uh, so I was talking to a, a restaurant owner um, about uh, basically their, their online presence, their website, their search results, and what can they do to um, show up for their particular keywords um, when people search for them, and how has their, um, how their efforts been impacted by the pandemic. And this was actually going into a talk I was planning on doing later this year on SEO, which was normally I'd break down SEO into two main categories on-page and off-page. On-page is the efforts that you do like on your own website. That's optimizing your, like the text on your homepage to make sure you're incorporating the keywords that you're wanting to show up for. Um, maybe putting more content, starting a blog, putting a video up there, whatever. You're optimizing your own website. Off-page is when you're working elsewhere. You're working off the website. You're trying to get um, business directories and map services and other apps to link back to your website. Um, you're trying to generate backlinks. You're trying to get um, other writers and bloggers to mention you. This could also tie into um, some social media stuff or reviews. Basically anything happening off your website that's pointing back to your website and therefore increasing your searchability. But there's a third category that I think I'm gonna add into this. So we've got on-page, off-page, and then I'm gonna add in offline. These are things that are non-technical. They're not about your website, they're not about your social media, they're not about your online presence at all, but it's about what's happening in the real world because that does actually impact uh, your online presence. You know, um, your, your website is just a tool for people in the real world to engage with your business in the real world. So when something happens, when there's a, I don't know, a blizzard rolls through town, that's going to affect your sales if you're an actual in-person restaurant. Um, same thing with a, uh, a pandemic, which happens to hit the, uh, the restaurant industry very heavily over the last year. Um, so I'm trying to work that into the ways that we expand, that we explain SEO and my talks when I give about um, about SEO, about search, uh, to bring it outside of just the, you know, here's the technical tips that you can do on your website. Here's the, um, here's the different things that you can do to generate backlinks off your website. And then here's how you can look at your data in relation to actual events in the real world and understand how that works. 
in SEO, generally, we're not looking at particular data points. We're not looking at one specific variable. You're looking at overall trends. Uh, is everything you do is very long-term. Um, you can change one word on your website, and you're not going to see the effects of that in search for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, potentially even months. Um, so whenever you're doing an SEO campaign, you really do have to look at everything with a very long-term view, which means that, again, we're not looking at spikes on particular days. We're not looking at exact data points. We're looking at long-term trends. Um, and when you have something like a pandemic completely wreck your last year of data, it really changes how you look at some of those trends. You have to take those things into account. Um, so I'm working on on better ways to visualize search data that takes into account certain elements like that, that takes into account bad weather, that takes into account there's a KU game today, um, or oh. yes, uh, COVID-related impacts. Uh, hopefully we'll have something like that coming out here. I think oh, maybe you'll do a, an article about it on the website. So I do have a couple of tips that I'm, I'm working on. They're not fully formula, formulated yet to... Um, you know, look at your website data, look at your Google Analytics. And if you are running, um, you know, any kind of ad campaign, marketing campaign, SEO campaign, how to throw that data into the proper frame and take some of these real world effects um, into account when looking at that data. Now, what do you think, Mike? Do you have any, any tips on uh, operating in the real world? <laughs> Jeez, well, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> that well, the, let, yeah, that let, was the intent. Let me just get... Yeah, let me just give a broad tip about uh, SEO in general, you know, and just its underlying importance. Uh, it's really something I think is maybe even undervalued, uh, not given enough attention. Uh, when people are thinking about how can I get more customers, you know, a lot of times they're talking about advertising. Excuse me. Or they're talking about marketing and they're, you know, they're really starting engaging more top of the funnel stuff. And, of course, the great thing about SEO is that's how people find you that are already in the bottom of the funnel, meaning they've already decided that I need your product or service and I need it now and I, I'm going to buy, you know, and so they're in buying mode and it's really, really important that we have a good foundation of SEO. And so we're getting as many of those leads as possible or we're at least getting ourselves in the consideration stage, which is more in the middle of the funnel where, you know, maybe they've narrowed it down to my product and service and they're looking at me and two or three other competitors. You know, we always want to be in that conversation and the amount of money and time that could be, I won't say wasted, but uh, maybe mismanaged at the top of the funnel uh, is, is immense. You know, we can spend a lot of time uh, running on a hamster wheel trying to get people on the top of the funnel down to the middle of the bottom of the funnel, or we can just start, you know, first uh, with trying to get those people who are already in the middle of the bottom of the funnel to become our customers. Uh, and I think that's an important, you know, just frame of reference to think about when you start out uh, thinking about, well, how am I going to grow my business? How am I going to get more customers? You know, obviously start where the fire is the hottest uh, and then work your way backwards. And, and I think a lot of people don't think about SEO first and foremost, uh, when they first start out that, that conversation with themselves or with their team of how we're going to grow the business, how we're going to get more customers, how we're going to sell more products and services. Yeah, an additional variable there that I think makes what you just said even more important. Um, it's not just that, you know, we're going to put all this time and effort at the top of the funnel to get people uh, warmed up and interested, and then we're just not going to close on them. 
No, you spent all that money and all that time and all that effort getting them interested in your product or service. So they're going to come looking for you. They're not going to find you, but they are going to find your competition. They're going to find other people in your industry and they're going to go there because they pop up and search before you did. Um, or they couldn't access your website or, you know, it was just a little bit too difficult to, to engage with you in your business. And so it's not just that you have wasted some money and the marketing didn't result in, in as many conversions as it could have, you're actually marketing for your competition. Right. And you're getting them all the leads and then tossing it over there at the last minute when it actually counts. 100% Miles. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, we can think about it as like an old, uh, you know, gang war, uh, you know, turf war, you know, uh, if we think about, you know, market share like that uh, and really where the battle is raging most uh, you know, is, is on these search result pages because the, the, those are the hottest leads, uh, the people who are already down at the bottom of the funnel. And you're absolutely right that if you aren't taking them, your competition is. And so you're seeding ground to them, you're seeding market share to them uh, every time that happens. Uh, and, and just a, a kind of a subplot to this or, or an extra thought I'll, I'll tack on there is you know, there, there, there is a new fresh set of land that's about to be fought over and is being fought over too, which we've mentioned uh, many times on the show. And that's, that's voice search, you know? And yep. so that, that's a great avenue, you know, always travel the path of lease resistance. Well, not always, but you know, sometimes it makes a lot of sense, uh, uh, you know, to, to start that journey of making sure that my customers find me first on voice search, because there's a lot less competition over there right now. Uh, and that's where the market direction is going. And so, you know, it'd be like investing heavily in your SEO in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, uh, when we look down the, the road five or 10 years. So that's also something to consider uh, in, this, in this conversation as well, Moss. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, we have kind of harped on voice search all over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, you're absolutely right. That is the direction things are going. It's not just specifically Alexa or other or Google home or any of the other sort of home um, assistants, I guess, is kind of what we're calling those. Um, but just in general, having our, our technology is getting more and more integrated into how humans actually work. Um, and mm -hmm. so things are just going to become more conversational that way. Search queries are going to become a little bit more conversational. Um, and so that does play into, or it should play into your um, into your search engine optimization campaigns. For right now, uh, one of the easiest things that I've seen people doing uh, to try to throw in more conversational search queries, you're not just doing, I don't know, websites, Lawrence, Kansas, this is my keywords, you're putting it into a question. Um, mm -hmm. So where's a good place to get a website in Lawrence, Kansas? Or where's a good place to get a burger in Lawrence, Kansas? Whatever, put it in the form of a question and then write a blog article about it. You have a blog on your website, write your article there, make the title in the form of a question. And then that's kind of the, the nicest, easiest entryway into optimizing your site for something approximating voice search or more um, conversational technologies that are arising out there. So, you know, you don't have to be a tech expert. You don't have to be an SEO expert um, in order to, you know, take your first few steps into this realm. Just make a page that's titled a question and start thinking about your content, uh, about your content more in the lens of conversational search. 
Yeah, hundred percent, right. Miles. Uh, just a couple quick tidbits there. You got me thinking on, on the voice search yeah. thing. Um, Amazon Alexa voice assistant has uh, been uh, teamed up with Buick, and they say that they've driven on this this recent campaign. I just just pulled this up. Sorry, so I'm kind of reading in the middle of the Go sentence. For it. This recent ca- recent campaign they've been doing uh, about voice search for automobile buyers has driven 150,000 people to a virtual showroom to uh, engage with Buick SUVs and their full line of SUVs just through Amazon's Alexa voice uh, assistant. So uh, it's all coming down the pipe, you know, rather rapidly. And if I may make a, another aside here, a selfish one at that, (laughs) if anybody out there, and I'm also talking to miles, and all of Miles' tech friends, because I know he's got some tech friends out there that have a clubhouse invite. I need a clubhouse invite at my Okay, you're going to have to back up. clubhouse invite. You're going to have to back up and explain what that is now. Okay. That's a, that's a conversation we've had internally, but I, I definitely don't think that it's... Um, I'm trying to move the needle here. It has to get here. external. So... <laughs> Clubhouse is arguably one of the, I mean, one of the, it is one of the hottest apps out there. Um, and it's a, it's an invite only app and it's, it started out as, as a club, as you can imagine for, uh, tech entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley to basically network with, uh, VCs, with venture capitalists. Uh, since then it has wildly expanded to that, uh, or from that, I should say. And there's people from, all kinds of, of different industries on it. Uh, there's you know, thought leaders of, of every major industry out there. And there's a whole lot of content happening uh, and networking and everything else. And it's all done by voice. So this is what made me think about it. Uh, it's a voice, basically chat based application. So there's no texting, you know, or, or, or written content, everything's done by voice. Uh, and there's rooms that people will go in, you know, and you can attend lectures and things like that. As I as I said, from thought leaders, and it's gotten so popular that people are now selling the invites. <laughs> people are out there, you know, trying to sell these things for $99 a pop and whatnot. Uh, and so I'm still looking for my invite. I think when you, when you, when you get an invite, I think you get four to give away. That's how they do it. So yep. I will pass oh. it on at my Canada. I need a clubhouse invite. <laughs> that, that's my selfish rant. There you go. That being said, not only have they started selling it, there's also been people starting to scam people on it. So if you do get an offer to buy one and it looks too good to be true, it, well, it probably is. Yes. That's, that's um, and this is point. just don't sell your clubhouse invite because it is a violation of the TOS and they will kick you off the platform if they get they catch you. <laughs> so also, I was not asking somebody to sell it to me. Just give it to me for free. <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, this does kind of uh, play into something we have talked about on the show here before, um, and that is the drive of exclusivity and mm-hmm. some of the benefits that you can have by, instead of opening up to everyone, kind of the uh, the initial thought that people have. They want to get in front of as many people as possible. They want to get as much business as possible. But at the minute you start saying no, then you become desirable in some way. And so um, there is definitely a little bit of a marketing play uh, to actually narrowing down niching down and just um, just exposing yourself to a very select group in one way or another, or at least making it look that, that way. Even if you're not really doing that, you know, have a 
have a membership only page on your website, have some membership only content to, to provide that feeling of exclusivity. It makes people feel special. People like mm -hmm. it. People like to be part of a group. So whether you're making a Facebook group or you have a membership only section of your website or you've got some sort of special club or you have your own app like this, like the clubhouse thing, um, leverage that to build your business mm -hmm. and to, um, I don't know, jump off of that feeling of exclusivity. Yeah, that's and a great a really point. interesting Miles. marketing play. And the, the thing I might add to that too, and maybe this could, uh, maybe this could launch us into our, or this could be a transition into our next subject, um, that I want to get into uh, first party data, but, uh, yeah. an email list too. You know, an yes. email list is something that literally anybody on the planet can start. It is, it is so cost efficient and you can make it, you know, your club, you know, your, you know, exclusive place where they're only going to get, uh, you know, content, uh, you know, on that list. It's not going to be shared on your social media platforms or anywhere else. And, you know, and, and the, the other thing, of course, that we always say is important to do is to send your audience to someplace you control. So, you know, I really like the idea about having a, a forum on your website, having your own app, uh, but not everybody can do that. You know, is some, some small businesses that that's not um, feasible for them, but literally every small business on the planet can have an, an email newsletter. Um, and so first of all, Miles, Let's put up our email newsletter so people know how to join that uh, because we do also have a wonderful email newsletter that you can sign up for. But uh, this one, just maybe want to uh, bring up and stress the importance of having an email list uh, because of a lot of the changes that are coming down the pipeline. You know, we've talked about uh, Apple's most recent update several times on the show. Uh, and, you know, there, there are some techie uh I guess news, you know, <laughs> that's come about, you know, basically Facebook's try, uh, fighting it the best they, they can. They've, they've uh, taken their conversion window from one or seven days to 28 days. I'm not going to get too far into that because uh, most small business owners, which is the you know target audience of this show, that that's too nerdy for them. They don't want to hear about that stuff. Um, so if you want to talk about the nerdy side of it and how you can optimize your campaigns and all that, send me a message, you know, We'll, we'll, we'll be happy to rap about that. Um, but, you know, the main thing we have to really realize is that no matter what, you need to make it a priority in your business to get first party data from customers, meaning that you need to have a way to they opt in directly to give you a way to contact them, to give you their data. Uh, and there's several ways that you can do this. And you know, like I said, I think the easiest, most cost efficient, efficient way is to first set up an email list. Um, but, you know, uh, private areas, you know, or things like that on your website is another good way. Uh, but miles, the biggest way, uh, you know, for the future that I think people are going to be able to leverage this is through, is through mobile apps. Uh, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the things that maybe we don't talk about often enough. And so I want to toss this back over to you here in a second to get your opinion on this. And then I'll mm -hmm. rant some more about first party data, but, uh, you know, that, that is, you know, we always talk about, you know, the functionality of the apps and how we can make it just easier for people to give us money, basically, <laughs> um, you know, through, through a mobile app in our business. But we really don't ever talk about the data collection that we can do directly in an app and what kind of information that can give us about our customer, what they like, what they don't like, um, and, and how we can use that for further, you know, not only internal growth in our business, but marketing efforts. So do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just 
just first saying um, it, it really does play into the whole first party um, information that you're talking about. I mean, usually we're talking about email or phone number or something like that. You're you're getting a way to directly contact the customer without having to go through some other platform, without having to pay for marketing or anything. You have a line directly to them. And an app is arguably kind of falls into that category. You have to go through the, the process of publishing an app, of course, and so there is kind of some dependencies in there. But once you have that out there and people have downloaded your app, then you have a way to reach out to them directly. Um, so it, it kind of falls into that category, whether you're sending out um, push notifications on your app or you have some sort of communication thing based um, in the app. There's a comments or there's a, a contact form or you know some sort of two-way communication in the app. Um, you are setting up a way for yourself to communicate directly with, with your customers who have downloaded that app. So it definitely falls into that category. Um, and then, you know, we talk about social media being re really nice and that we have a lot of information on people. Um, typically, we're talking about that in, the, in, in terms of digital marketing and advertising. You know, we want to serve an ad to the right demographic, to the right group of people so that it will hit them correctly and they will, um, you know, they'll be interested. They'll actually look at it. They want to see it. Ultimately, we're wanting to show people ads that they want to see. Uh, that's, when, that's when they're converting. So that's, that's when it's actually good. Um, so it's really nice that we can get that information from people on social media. But again, you're leveraging an external tool. You have some dependency on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is that you're, you're playing with there. Um, with an app, you are controlling the thing entirely. So maybe you have um, a questionnaire on there when they sign up for the app. You want to collect some basic information about them. Uh, maybe there's some sort of social aspect in there. Again, there's a posts and comments or um, some sort of, you know, mini social network type of functionality in the app so that people can engage with you or engage with each other. Um, either way, you can drive engagement that way and learn about your customer base within your own app. So you're kind of cutting out the middleman of, let's say, Facebook. Um, instead of your Facebook learning about them and then selling you that information about your clients, you, you are putting out your own playground for your clients to jump in there and use and then you know, by proxy throughout that, uh, through that process are giving you more information about them and allowing you to engage with them in a more <clears throat> personal and more meaningful way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great synopsis. Uh, I pulled up a little factoid here for you, Miles, um, just to back up what I'm saying here, so people don't think I'm just whistling Dixie. Eighty-eight um, percent of marketers say that collecting first-party data will be a priority for 2021 in their business. Uh, and and again, the reason you know for all of this kind of going back to the way it was before. Uh, it's not the third-party app data or, third, excuse me, third-party data in general is going to go away. It's not. What we're not quite sure about at this point is how reliable and how effective and how useful it's going to be moving forward. Uh, and, you know, like we talked about before, there's, there's uh, wild guesses on both ends of the spectrum, but nobody really knows for sure until this thing actually is, is fully implemented and comes down the pipe, which is happening currently. So, uh, so what we're trying to do is just hedge our bets, you know, but the one thing that I'm, at least I'm pretty gosh darn co confident is, is that it's not going to be the same as it once was. It never is. 
Um, you know, we've talked about this day for, I don't know how long, you know, that the golden age of, of social media marketing is, is going to evaporate. Uh, and, and I think that this is the swan song, but you know, that doesn't mean that it's still not the most powerful way uh, to reach your customers because it is, because again, that's where the underpriced attention still is. Uh, we can talk about diversifying platforms uh, and all of that and testing new platforms. And actually I wanted to get into TikTok later on, so we'll probably do that. Um, but you know, this, I just really want to drive home this importance of collecting first party data and then actually engaging your, your audience with it. Uh, and, I, and I would strongly recommend the email list, uh, something that we have or we're implementing for 2021 on uh, all of our lead generation advertising campaigns is, is call tracking software. And that's, that's a tool that uses first party data. Um, and it's a way that we can still track exactly what's happening in a marketing campaign. We can actually uh, you know, record the phone calls. We can have, um, you know, instant text backs and, and things like that. If, if something gets missed or if somebody's needing another extra layer of communication, you know, with the client, uh, you know, those are kind of some of the steps that we're taking in our own agency for our clients. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's a long list of things that you can and should be doing in order to take advantage of this moment uh, because it's, it's a great advantage for people who know what they're doing. Um, because, you know, it's people got comfortable uh, as they always do when when a platform kind of, you know, settles in and, and really starts to produce and, and then they don't want it to change. And then the, and when something does change, because it always does change, they freak out. Uh, and so, you know, the point here is to have a plan, not freak out and uh, and execute while while others are spinning their wheels. Uh, and so there, I think, you know, this is a great opportunity for people and it's a great opportunity for small businesses uh, especially those who have been doing their due diligence and already have a great email list, you know, already have a bunch of first party data uh, and they're able to upload that kind of stuff into uh, Facebook or whatever social media platform they're using and create custom audiences and, and things like that from it. Uh, it's going to be a, a huge win uh, for them. So uh, that's, uh, that's just my, that's my spiel on first party data there, Miles. Well, I do think it's going to be important moving forward. Um, I don't know where all this is going. Like you said, no one does. Anyone who says otherwise is uh, making stuff up. Um, but I do think that it's at least, at the very least, it's going to be harder to get some of this information um, or that you're only going to have access to certain information on certain platforms. So when you're advertising on Facebook, you've got this collection of information. When you're advertising on LinkedIn, you've got this collection of information. It's not going to be as ubiquitous as mm -hmm. we've we've had up to this point where we've just had all information on all platforms, um, across all devices, we've got everything. Um, I think we, we may have just gotten a little bit spoiled there for a little bit. So um, I'm really excited to see what we are doing here internally. We're you know focusing on the first party data. We're looking at email list building and that call tracking software we're implementing on everything has just been, uh, it's just been mind blowing to watch what, what it can do. So I'm really, Really excited to see how those campaigns turn out and what we can what we can pull off for our clients with that. But um, if you're not working with us and you are trying to uh, do some sort of marketing campaign, you're working with someone else. Uh, regardless, I think and, and Mike, you can jump in here if you disagree. But I think we definitely are going to recommend leaning into that first party data moving forward. Looking uh, definitely look into some sort of call tracking. Look mm. into collecting emails. Um, 
try to get people into into your fold, into your club, whatever that is. If it's an email list, if it's a phone list, if it's a, a members only section on your website, if it's a social media group, whatever it is, try to pull people in that fold so you have that direct communication with your with your customers, with your potential customers. Hundred percent. You know, with that being said, um, I did want to. Did you want to? Did you want to go into other platforms? I think you had you had mentioned TikTok. Do you want to do that first? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, right. I, I mean, I, I was just gonna. I, you know, I think continue a rant that we've probably I've probably made this rant uh, in some fashion before. You know, I, well, I think it was actually a couple of weeks ago uh, when we were talking about uh, AAA. You know, attention. Um, automation and what was what was the third one <laughs> I don't know. auditing i think uh we'll have oh, to go yeah. back we'll have to go back and pull that out there was uh, a lot of a's you added there, a's I, and then there I was think some we ended a's up with like five a's. of them yeah uh, i had i had some coffee that day and you know what miles <laughs> I, I have to i have to admit though i i did i messed up i actually bought a coffee maker the other day so did my, you not uh, have one before? No, because I swore off coffee a few years ago. I was like, no, can't do it anymore. Now I'm back. I'm back. So I can't imagine. I can not have to have an intervention here on the, show, on the show a couple <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I was I was strictly uh, yerba mate there for a few years, which hey, I'm still I'm still a yerba mate fan. Shout out to the yerba mate folks. Get those antioxidants going, people. It's good for you. Kick, kill that cancer. All right. What were we talking about? Emerging platforms. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, just thinking about, you know, to this, this idea of, you know, finding under prevention, uh, you know, the, the, this, this was especially important, you know, as we saw what happened on bigger platforms in fourth quarter um, of this past year. And again, you know, this is just going to be a trend that continues is that more and more big businesses are going to take their budgets from traditional media. They're going to put it into these social media platforms. It's all based on supply and demand. So, you know, the price is going to go up. Right. And, and so what we need to be doing is we need to be constantly testing newer platforms. We need to be finding, uh, if we can have, you know, a, a higher conversion rate and a lower price, somewhere else and what we're constantly doing because we always have to be uh, innovating and looking for newer newer ways and not getting complacent like as I was talking about before and well this has been working so uh, you know what I'm not going to look for a, another alternative that is going to save me down the line that's a big mistake and it's a big mistake that so many small businesses uh, make and continue to make you know the only thing that we can know for sure is that these platforms will change continue to change and you know depending on what comes down the pipeline here in terms of regulations and antitrust lawsuits and things like that we could be in store for some monumental changes in the space so we don't want anybody to get caught with their pants down and oh hey i didn't know this was going to happen no you, we do know this is going to happen so you know let, let's let's plan ahead and so i think part of, of of my message to small businesses out there especially right now in january if they're planning out their uh, their spins for the year is take a, you know, depends on what size of your budget is obviously, but take a chunk, you know, take five, 10%, 15, maybe, uh, of that budget and set it aside and say, this is going to be what I test new platforms on. This is going to be, you know, what I, uh, dip my toe in the water on. And what you want to do is you first want to, you know, figure out, okay, which of these merging platforms, and there's a lot of them, 
uh, is going to be uh, you know, the, the closest match to my target audience. And then you want to go into that platform. You want to study that platform before you do anything on it. Uh, and then you slowly want to start to make content. And the, of course, the key here is to test, test, test different pieces of content. Uh, you know, so many people will try something for a couple of weeks and they'll say, well, that didn't work. You know, oh, Snapchat didn't work or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, we, we ask them, well, what did you, what did you try? And it's like, well, I, I, tried the same thing that I had on Facebook. Well, okay. How many different ads did you do? Uh, two, you know, Uh Oh, <laughs> did you get a call? I did. <laughs> uh, I'll call you back. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully I'm still on the air here. Um, yep. I can't see you, but I can, I can hear you. <laughs> okay. So, well, um, wonderful. Well, I have, I certainly have a face for radio anyway. So, um, yeah, so the, the point being is make it a priority, make it part of your plan to test out these new platforms, but don't just test the platform out by you know doing a little bit of what you've always done on a different platform. Because all of these platforms are different from each other. It's all contextualized. You know, I think we've we've used this example multiple times, but it, it always rings true. You know, LinkedIn, if LinkedIn is a business conference, then you know, Instagram is an after party. And you know, when you walk into the after party, or, you know, you walk into the club and you see your, your friends, you don't say the same thing as when you walk into the business conference at 8 a.m. and you see your boss, right? Right. So Very different yeah, space. It's a very different space. It's a very different interaction. It's a very different, you know, everything that we use contextualized to communicate in those spaces. So you have to do the same thing on these platforms. Uh, so, uh, so along those lines, Miles, do we, uh, this is going to be embarrassing. Do we know what our TikTok is? Can we put that up there? But long story short, Wildman Web has launched a TikTok. Uh, I don't think we've posted anything on there yet, but we would love your followers. Uh, we're going to start posting on it. Uh, we're going to start engaging that platform uh, for advertising purposes for clients. Uh, TikTok has completely disrupted the marketing and advertising uh, sphere over the last, I don't know, 18 months or so. And uh, it's really, really starting to gain traction with uh, the millennials and even people a little bit older than that. So, you know, it's as all of these platforms do, they start out, um, you know, usually really, really young and they continue to just skew older and older and older and older uh, the longer they get into existence. So, uh, you know, it's a really, really exciting time to to jump in and try out and don't and don't be afraid to try out even some of these really, really small platforms um, or, or, you know, things that we don't traditionally think about in terms of advertising. I just saw yesterday that Pinterest just uh, updated their entire ads platform mm -hmm. and they now have personalized messaging that, you know, that you can do from your business uh, to, you know, somebody on your first party data list. So, you know, it's another great example of how you could, uh, you could implement that. So um, that, I think that was just my spiel there, uh, Miles, you know, Test things, put aside some budget in order to do this this year, but also test multiple pieces of content uh, when you do test a platform and make sure that you're contextualizing that content for each different platform. And, and also don't overvalue reach. Uh, and what I mean by that, you know, reach, of course, is the old uh, advertising metric of basically how many people your message uh, communicates with. You know, it's how many people did I reach with my message? Uh, and frequency is the number of times 
And I think that, you know, certainly in traditional media, reach for a long time has been overvalued. Um, you know, we, we always say, you know, we'd rather move 10% of the audience 100% of the way than 100% of the audience 10% of the way. Uh, and that's generally what happens when we, when we overvalue reach is we try to reach all these people and we don't need all these people. You know, most small businesses, if they got 15 new customers a month, that would dramatically change and, you know, radicalize their business for the better. Uh, and so it's not a volume game with the vast majority of small businesses out there. It's not go wide, it's go deep, you know. So think about that, you know, if I can just convert a small, small section of, of my target audience into being loyal fans, that's going to be much more, much more cost efficient and have a much better long-term ROI than trying to reach 100,000 people to convert 10. You know, I'd rather try to reach 12 people and convert 10. So there's my spiel on that, Miles. Uh, I don't know yeah, if, I, I think if, if I need to leave and rejoin, I can, I can do that. Yeah. I don't know why <laughs> we, we can't see you here. It's just a black square. So I hope you guys have your volume up and you're not just watching me <laughs> sort of nod along to a black square here. Otherwise this is the worst show ever. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll let, I'll let you vamp uh, and maybe you can go into the next question and, and I'll, I'll try to hop refresh. off and hop back on. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, good luck. Good luck, Mike. I'll be, I'll be right back. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Um, so I guess I'll just expand on what he was talking about there. Um, I don't know if people necessarily realize the type of volume that you're dealing with when you do have advertising campaigns, when you're doing digital marketing. Um, we're pushing out to these just huge audiences. You know, he was saying 100,000 people. That's That's not an exaggeration. Um, oftentimes on even some smaller ad campaigns, if they're not very finely tuned, um, you know, you can definitely get in front of a hundred thousand people and that's just, that's not necessary. Uh, what would you do if a hundred thousand people walked into your business tomorrow? It's, it's definitely not, um, we can do a lot more with a lot less. Let's see. Have we gotten him back? Did it work? I pinched myself, Miles, and as far I as worked. I know, I'm still here. So, but okay, um, yeah. So going into the smaller platforms, that can be a way that you can target smaller audiences and move the needle a little bit more. I know I was talking about this a few weeks ago, and um, in terms of search, you know, we were talking about Bing and Yahoo Search, um, and those are super useful for two uh, in two ways. One, they're basically using the same thing as Google. It's, it's the algorithm is very similar. They're, they're pretty much just lagging behind a little bit. They're trying to do the same thing as Google. So um, if, if someone's searching on Bing, they're basically searching on Google a couple of months ago. Um, so it can be a really good way to test things. Uh, mm -hmm. if, if something that you're doing is working really well on Bing, most likely it'll work well on, on Google as well, but it's a much smaller pool. Uh, if they're only playing with 20% of the market share, um, it's just a lot smaller people. So you're going to see changes a lot bigger and a lot faster than you are on a massive market like Google. So it's a really good place to test things. And then also, you know, 20% of the market share of the global search market is still a massive amount of people. Right. And so it's not like you're, you know, not getting in front of people if, you know, you are showing up on page one of Bing, but page 35 of Google, you know, that's, that's not great. You should try to get higher on Google, but, um, you know, page one of Bing is incredibly valuable and much 
easier to achieve for smaller businesses. Uh, got a comment here that will just expand on the same, um, the same conversation. Um, are there any other new platforms that non-techie people might not have heard of uh, that you guys are excited about? Um, yes, basically, it's the short answer there. We're, we're always trying to stay on top of those things, stay on top, uh, stay on the like cutting edge of some of these things. Unfortunately, the answer is, is probably too many. There's too many for us to really go over here, and you never know which ones are going to win and which ones aren't. So, I mean, at least I try to stay on top of them and kind of try to follow the news, which ones are growing, which ones, because, you know, they'll pop up one day and be gone the next. Yeah. Um, and so as soon as something does get big enough, um, they kind of have that, that critical mass of users where it's now valuable enough for people to start marketing on, um, then that's when we'll bring it up here and that's when we'll push it out to you guys or recommend it to clients. It's, it can be kind of hard to get these things started up um, because usually they're, they're started up around a particular niche. It's either a geographic area or a particular industry or something like that. And if you are outside of that world, then that platform is useless to you until it grows into your space. And by the time it grows into your space, you probably heard of it. Um, so yeah, we do try to stay on top of those things. And if anything does pop up that we see, um, is going to be useful, then we, uh, we'll start recommending it to the appropriate clients. Um, if, if we see that's really the space here, uh, Mike, do you have any, any specifics that you wanted to bring up here as far as something that well, I might keep track of? I'm obviously excited about Clubhouse. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, uh, if, if our, if our viewers are or not, but, uh, you know, that, that one's definitely exciting to me. I, d I don't think that this is a, a new platform, but one that I think is, is really gaining a lot of um, importance and one that certainly caught my eye, um, uh, especially if you have anything to do with the home space, and that is Nextdoor. Uh, and that is, I guess, sort of a community bulletin board type of a social media platform where neighbors basically post things, you know, in certain to their neighbors because, you know, each city is divided into neighborhoods. And so you can post something for the Pinckney neighborhood, the Schwegler neighborhood or the Quail Run neighborhood, you know, here in Lawrence. Uh, and theoretically, all of your, your neighbors who are also in that group will see it. And so it's been a great um, avenue, like I said, for people in the home space, because a lot of the questions or a lot of the, just the posts in general will be questions of, well, who do you recommend for gutter cleaning or who mows your lawn or, you know, who's your landscaper, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And neighbors are just giving each other advice, essentially. So to me, that is a great platform for somebody to go on and, and uh, create value-based content. You know, I would want to be the person on there who's giving away free advice if I was the gutter company of how to always make sure your gutters are clean and the proper way to dispose of your leaves and the proper way to mulch and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one that is, is certainly, I, I think, worth a, a, a look at if you have uh, anything, like I said, any desire uh, to get in front of homeowners. And then um, on, on kind of the opposite side of the spectrum, if I was a content creator right now, I would be pretty excited about Rumble, uh, which is a, a competitor to YouTube. And, and it's, it's a much smaller platform. So, you know, if I'm trying to get, 3 million views, you know, stick with YouTube. But if I'm just trying to uh, scratch out a living, 
uh, I would certainly look at Rumble because I've, I've read reports that uh, content creators get three to four times more in terms of uh, monetization uh, than they do on YouTube. And I think the threshold right now is like, like a million views or something on YouTube. Maybe it's not that much, but it's a lot before you can even start to uh, monetize. And on Rumble, it's exactly the opposite. You could have a really small audience and, and still be able to monetize your audience and, and your content. Um, That's so, one of those benefits of smaller markets. You know, Rumble mm -hmm. is just the only reason they're really able to pull off that, uh, that model that they're doing right now is because they are operating within a different space. Right? They have a different market share and it's a much smaller group here. I mean, we talk about supply and demand. This is just basic economics. Um, I think as they grow, they may might start to have some similar problems to YouTube uh, and being you know difficult to get monetized over there. But for right now, it's mm -hmm. a new upcoming thing and might be a good place to to plant yourself. Overall, video apps seem to be on the rise here. It's like every other week I hear about a new social video app. I mean, of course, you have TikTok. That's sort of the the big winner of the last uh, couple of years, but. Um, I think there's there's reels that's also uh, gotten kind of big. I think that they've kind of struggled with that um, critical mass of users that I was talking about. They just haven't really been able to break that. Uh, who knows if if they'll be able to? Um, but even other established platforms are branching more and more out into into videos. So uh, like LinkedIn started doing a live stream function in there, um, and and overall. Um, I think that that video is a really good place to get going, whether you're on an existing platform like Facebook or Instagram, or if you're jumping on some new up and coming things. Um, video is just is just killing it on on any platform. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, you know, we're not always just talking about strictly social media platforms here. There are other places to engage with people. So you talked about Nextdoor. That's kind of a professional um site it's a mix of a sort of a social media thing and a, a review site kind of um and then you've got i don't know more more entertainment based uh platforms uh, gaming has been been a big one you've seen the new developments of twitch twitch was just built for gaming live streaming and now you have major news networks with twitch handles and they're just streaming their stuff over there so it's turned into a much broader platform than it was initially designed to be um, and there's a lot of content there that isn't necessarily just I'm, gaming i'm glad you brought oh yep here it is okay i'm glad you brought up twitch miles um let me stop you right there so uh -huh. but yeah i just want to stop you right there to talk about twitch because twitch has become a huge platform that i think is grossly under underrated and i just found this pulled this article back up uh lexus has crowdsourced the design for a new car strictly from twitch um let me see if I, i'll put this uh i'll link to this uh, article here in the uh in the stream but uh they basically they hosted a two-hour live stream uh on twitch and nearly twenty-three thousand viewers used a poll feature to vote on interior and exterior modifications in the vehicle such as gaming consoles a 3d printed controller uh, monitors, lights, drinks, car wrap, etc. Lexus will use the poll results to customize a full-size car, and they're going to do uh, another one in February to help complete the design. So here is one of the That's most, awesome. you know, 
Yeah, and, and, and it's from one of the most you know, prestigious automakers out there. And they are leveraging the platform, I think, in a brilliant way because it, this ties into so much about what we talk about, about engaging with your audience, not so that you, know, you can use the old model of advertising to have everything top down, but so that you can listen. You, know, you can use the two ears, one mouth rule and you can really figure out exactly from your audience what they want and then go and build that for them. (laughs) Why are we sitting here guessing, right? You know, it's let's just reverse engineer it, find out exactly what they want and then build the damn thing. Um, And so I thought that was so cool and such an amazing innovation uh, just in, in the, in the thought process of, of going bottom up instead of top down. Uh, with and I was so happy to see it from you know such a, a huge, well-established brand uh, like Lexus. So, you know, that great innovation there uh, in thinking. So, can you hear me, okay, Miles? Yeah, I think I was the, okay. the one. Okay, for you. yeah, you're you're back loud and clear. But yeah, and then I just also wanted to add a couple things uh, onto onto that comment slash question. You know, I I think that TikTok is at the place now uh, where everybody needs to be thinking how how am I going to have a TikTok strategy for 2021? You know, even the dentist, you know, and the local baker. And, you know, it, it's, it's really, I think, going to be that type of a platform over the next 18 months. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, what the heck would I want to see a dentist doing a silly dance about? And, and that's not all it is, you know, and I, and I think that it's, it's gotten a little bit of that type of a rap. But, um, you know, there's, there's no reason that you can't go out there and deliver some very serious content on the platform. Um, you know, it's not all just jokes and dancing and, and silly things like that. So you can do that, but it, you know, it doesn't mean you have to, and the platform is, is quickly accelerating and evolving uh, beyond that. So there will be absolutely no dancing on our TikTok. Neither one of us can do that. No one, can, no one needs can, to see that. I just told you I have a coffee machine in my house, I, so I can certainly not promise you that. Uh, Caffeine them up and point uh, camera at them and see what happens. But oh, let me just let me just make one more uh, aside here, and then I think I'll finally be done with this point, uh, and then I want to close out the show with something fun. So remind me about that. But. Um, uh, micro influencers, you know, I think ties into this discussion as well. I think people are really familiar with the with the uh, concept of influencer marketing. Maybe not, but uh, you know, if you if you've spent any time on Instagram, you're probably familiar with this concept, um, where basically people who have a large following will promote products uh, on behalf of the product, and they get a commission from it. Right? It's it's a really simple uh, type of a setup. Uh, but basically it's leveraging somebody else's audience, uh, that, it, that you think identifies with yours. And I think that this is something that can be done on the micro scale with small businesses, uh, to a much greater degree. And I really struggle with the fact of, or with the question of why it isn't happening, uh, to a larger degree. It seems like a no brainer to me. Um, you know, we've talked about this concept, I think before in the past miles of, of the, you know, the alpha mom, you know, we talk about this sometimes uh, with our clients who they're, you know, they're, they're trying to go after the 35 to 55 year old female who has the most purchasing power of, you know, anybody in the United States. And so 
ergo anybody in the world. Um, and, you know, in, in this idea of the alpha mom is, you know, if you can get the mom in the neighborhood that all the other moms go to for advice to have your company on the tip of their tongue, mm -hmm. that, that is a great example of, of going deep instead of wide. You know, and and how and how I can have uh, tremendous results converting, you know, real customers without spending a lot of time and money. You know, all I have to do is set up the alpha mom with a discount or a commission or something uh, in order to, you know, be that third party cheerleader for me. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to have a, uh, a a serious asset on my side. And so that's something that I think that people should, it doesn't have to just be, you know, the alpha mom, it could be a college student, uh, you know, here in Lawrence. Um, you know, if, if I have a bar and I want to get college students to it, I would certainly go and find, you know, who is the, you know, the president of the Senate or, you know, whatever big club that has some sort of a sphere of influence, uh, that is in my target market and, you know, sign them up, you know, to get people through the door or whatever it is. So, and, Pardon? Just get the basketball band. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think and I purposely didn't use the, the basketball because I think that's the one that everybody thinks of, you know. And, of course, you know, there's NCAA, you know, rules and regulations. But, you know, everybody wants Brian Haney, who's, you know, the voice of the, of the Jayhawks, you know, to – to read their, their ad, you know, and of course everybody wants Bill Self, you know, uh, uh, you know, what our, our, our good no, buddy, no, no, you, know. you go for the, go for the band, Donovan Miller, if you're out there. Oh, the band. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't hear <laughs> he that. He got part. national just, fame just, for being that's the, true. Key the, drummer. the drummer guy, the drummer yeah. guy. Yeah. No, that would be a great example. That'd be a great example. Yeah. And, and so, but to talk about the basketball team for a second is that you, know, you want to think outside the box. Don't, you know, I love Brian Haney. Shout out to Brian Haney. He's a good friend of mine. Everybody should pay Brian Haney a lot of money to voice their stuff. But <laughs> you also may want to talk to other people who, you know, don't have 20 other <laughs> companies, you know, already doing that. You know, differentiate yourself, I guess, is what I'm trying to say uh, within the marketplace, because there's a lot of other influencers out there that people aren't thinking about. You know, maybe it's just, you know, it's, it, maybe it's another business owner. Maybe it's somebody in the Chamber of Commerce, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You got to start thinking along those lines. And like, uh, or just look at, look down your list of who are my core customers that love me of that list? Who has a sphere of influence? What can I do in order to get them to be a cheerleader for me? You know, that's how I would think about it. And that's essentially how you go about micro influencing for your business. So yeah. there's a lot of YouTube videos you could watch on that, learn all about it. But that's something that I just stress in this conversation of, of testing new platforms. Um, also when you're on those platforms, Find out who is a mover and shaker. And again, it doesn't, it, you shouldn't go after the person that has the 100,000 plus followers because they're never going to talk to you if you're a small business. Okay. Go after the people who have four or 5,000 followers, but they're all directly related to your business or in your you know, area. And those are the people who, who actually will you know, DM you back um, and, and want to influence for you. So that's just something else to consider, Miles. I think this okay. all ties back into the conversation we've been having this whole time. And that is that you got to think outside the box a little bit, use these tools that are out there, social media platforms, other entertainment platforms, the online space as a whole is just a, a tool that you can use as you see fit. Just because Twitch says that they are for video game, uh, video game streaming, doesn't mean that Lexus can't go out there and crowdsource their next 
car design. I mean, that's that's just a wild, wildly outside the box kind of idea. And that's exactly the kind of thing that wins because the currency is attention. It doesn't really matter how you get it. These things that we're, we're talking about here, they're just tools that people use. Uh, we use it, businesses use it, and individuals use it. If you can find one of those individuals that's using it very well, that wants to help you and your business use it a little bit where, where a little bit better than, you know, there's your influencer. Um, but overall, just think a little bit creatively. Now is the time for a little bit of outside the box thinking. We have so many powerful tools at our disposal um, and the ability to get in front of more people than ever before in human history. Uh, all we have to do is be a little bit creative with how we use those tools um, and overall generate some, some awesome content, make something that's valuable to someone and the attention will come. Well, I just wanted to close on something fun here, Miles. I know we're, All right. we're at a, I know we're out of time. We got a busy afternoon here, so I won't I won't go on another rant. I promise. But um, Miles, I'm sure that even you, who who is not the biggest <laughs> sports fan in the world, is aware that the Super Bowl is rapidly approaching here, um, and you may also be aware that uh, the Chiefs. Coach... Okay, well we're we're. we're we're about, a, we're, about, uh, two, we're about two and a half weeks away from, from the Super Bowl, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. And the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game on Sunday. So you have to wear red on Sunday, Miles, and, uh, and cheer for the Chiefs. That's non-negotiable. Right. And, uh, and so why I say this is fun is because this is about the time of year where we'll start seeing on social media – uh, a lot of the teaser ads and, you know, some of the storylines develop uh, for the ads that we'll see in, in the Super Bowl. Uh, and so anybody who's who's an advertising nerd, you know, like me, uh, the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl of advertising. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, it's a fun time to see what what these folks will come up with uh, in order to uh, to launch their brands. And of course, uh, the Super Bowl, you know, for a number of years now has been uh, a launching off point for a brand's, you know, entire year of marketing. You know, that they'll do something during the Super Bowl ad that that will then spring forth, uh, you know, series of ads for the, for the next nine months or so. And uh, over, the, over the last few years, we've also seen kind of the growth of these teaser or these pre- you know, storylines that get uh, sent out on YouTube, so, uh, Facebook, you know, all across social media, the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. And so we'll give a shout out to uh, VaynerMedia because they, uh, they executed this, I think, brilliantly last year uh, during the Super Bowl. Miles, you may remember that Mr. Peanut died during the Super Bowl last year. Mr. Peanut, of course, the, uh, you know, the, the uh, just amazing uh, character that was the brand of the Mr. Peanut brand for, I think, almost 100 years. And they told the entire pre-story uh, on social media first, you know, leading up to it. And then, uh, you know, everybody kind of, there was this buzz. It was this amazing buzz that was happening. Okay, they're going to kill off their brand. They're literally going to kill off their brand. What's going to happen? And we found out during the Super Bowl, I think there was two, maybe two or three, I can't remember now, but I think it was in the second Super Bowl ad that we found out that uh, there was now a baby Mr. Peanut. And, you know, it was kind of, um, I guess, riding the coattails of the baby Yoda craze of, of 2019. 
that we all fondly remember. Uh, and so, yeah, they killed off uh, Mr. Peanut, and now you know the character has become uh, Baby Peanut, and it was an absolute sensation. Um, and it actually, you know, we all we always, of course, you know, we get excited us creatives about the creative, uh, and then the sales, you know, we always want to know, well, did it work? Uh, and it actually did work. Uh, and it grew their sales quite a bit. I, I forget the exact number, so I'm not going to BS you. But uh, I'm always excited to see, you know, what what's going to happen and what's going to uh, be the uh, the storyline coming up for the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm, unless the Chiefs are in the game, I'm way more excited for the commercials than I am for for that. Uh, and of course, you know, speaking of underpriced attention, I think Gary Vee makes a great point, and he has made for very years, uh, for a number of years, that while television in general is uh, amazingly overpriced. The commercials in the Super Bowl, which are by far the most expensive commercial that you could possibly buy, uh, I believe it's around six million dollars this year for a thirty-second ad, is the most underpriced uh, advertising that there possibly is. And the reason is is because that is the type of interruption advertising that people still pay attention to. You have you know dumb dumb nerds like me who actually look forward to it more than the game. If their, you know, if their team isn't in it, uh, and so you know, you know, next time you're watching a a, a non Super Bowl uh, game and you're with a room of people, which I know a lot of us aren't doing right now with COVID, so it may be a while till you do this. But watch what happens when the when the television goes to commercial, and I guarantee you, I've done this experiment many times. Yeah, I guarantee you what you're gonna, yeah, everybody does what Miles doing. Everybody pulls out their phone and they look at their phone. Well, they don't do that during the Super Bowl. They don't put, you know, when, when they don't put mute on, they don't look at their phone, they actually watch the ads. Uh, and so that's why it's the, uh, the most underpriced uh, attention that you can get because you have 100 million people who are actually paying attention to your advertising, which is a very, very hard thing to do. And uh, Miles, I promised I wouldn't go on a rant, now I'm going on a rant. But did you, did you know that the Super Bowl, did you know the Super Bowl halftime performer has to pay in order to be it's a six figure amount in order to be the Super Bowl halftime performer? Uh, no, I figured that was the other way around. <laughs> right? No, yeah. Because it's that kind of exposure, it's that kind of marketing. Um, and they're more than happy to do it. They fight over it. You know, you know, it's one of the most coveted spots, obviously, in the entertainment industry. And on top of that, they have to pay a whole lot, heck of a lot of money in order to do it. But you know, their album sales and their downloads and their streams and everything you know, post Super Bowl always go through the roof. And so it's always a tremendous ROI uh, for, for the entertainer. But yeah, that's, that's uh, the performance as an advertisement. <laughs> exactly. Oh, 100%. It's content marketing, you know, on steroids. So um, just just a little interesting tidbit there about the Super Bowl. So uh, over the next few weeks, if you guys see some some funny uh, teaser preview Super Bowl stuff, and you want to send it to us, uh, I'd love, I'd love to see what, what you guys are into, but that's all I got for today, Miles. I'll promise to uh, dial back the coffee, uh, by 50% on, on next week's show. No, it was good. Your answer, uh, at least it was, you know, it wasn't just rambly or something in yeah. there. Was some, there was some fun, there was some value totally well, works. Out, but... I'll at least try to keep us un under time next, next week. <laughs> I did want to take a couple of <laughs> minutes to go over, um, some of the, some of the things that we're doing here at Wildman Web Solutions, because you know we are doing this live stream every week to hopefully answer your questions and provide some value and put some knowledge out there. But you know we have a, a couple other campaigns that we're running, a couple other things that we're doing to um, to help people out in this uh, crazy time as we come into the new year. 
Um, so I just wanted to point out some of those things. First of all, you can always go to our website, wildmanweb.com, and it's just packed full of, of value and um, things to do over there. So uh, first thing you might want to check out is our blog. We've got uh, wildmanweb.com slash blog. Um, we've got articles up there on everything. None of them are novels or crazy in-depth dives or anything. They're all uh, supposed to be shallow dives into something to kind of explain how something works, how SEO works, how Instagram works, how uh, website optimization go, uh, works. Um, and it's just a good way to get started on everything. And we try to link all of our sources in there. So if you want to learn more, you can use that as a jumping off point to take a deep dive into a particular subject. So check out our blog at wildmanweb.com. We also have our toolkit available to you at wildmanweb.com slash LBOT, or you can just go to the website and click on toolkit. Um, I actually just did a brand new video for that yesterday and uploaded it onto the page. It's the first thing you see on that page. It's a full walkthrough of the full toolkit and everything that it can do. Um, I mean, it's only like three minutes, so it's 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 pretty quick uh, dive into the whole thing, but kind of shows you what we're talking about here. The toolkit is a free collection of software that we put out there um, to help businesses operate online, get control of their website, get control of their social media, get control of their online reputation, and analytics galore. So uh, if you're just getting started or if you want to use your business's online presence a little bit better, Sign up for the toolkit. Again, it's free. Just go to wildmanweb.com slash LBOT, put in a little bit of information about your business, and it'll get you set up automatically. We're also running our sales system. It's a new invention brainchild of Mike here, where he's taken all of our expertise, all of our tools, and put it into one sort of crazy booster system where we'll just take your business over the course of three months from zero to 60, um, give you all of the tech, uh, our full tech stack here, as well as all of our time and knowledge and expertise to help you, again, go from zero to 60. Uh, Mike, do you want to jump in on that sales system again, just real quick? Yeah, I mean, basically what we did is we tried to make it uh, as foolproof as possible. One of the things that I've found out um, you know, over years and years of doing this is that uh, most small businesses would have better growth if they took better care of the leads that they're already getting and nurtured those and turned them into loyal, loyal customers. Uh, and, and Miles, there's actually a lot of research. I read an article the other day um, that uh, the vast majority of CMOs, chief marketing officers in 2021, that is going to be their focus is nurturing and, ma and maintaining and enriching and growing their current customer base. Uh, and so we're trying to you know, make that basically same principle uh, with uh, incoming leads. And you know, it's not that we're not going to get you more leads. We will. But we're also going to give you a much higher closing ratio with the leads that you're currently getting and the, and the, you know, the, new, the new amount of volume that's going to come through the door. Uh, and so that's, that's basically uh, the thought process behind it. Is uh, is you know teaching and and empowering small businesses to really really grow their conversion rate and make more uh, out of the leads that they're getting and and increase leads as well. And again, we're putting our entire company behind these businesses in the sales system. So we did have to limit it. We're only offering it to a couple of businesses at a time. So you have to apply. Uh, and you can do that by going to wildmanweb.com slash sales system. I have that below me uh, here. Just put in a little information about your business, apply. And then um, if we think that you're going to be a good fit there, then we will put the full force of Wildman Web Solutions behind your business for the duration of that sales system program. 
And finally, one last thing here before we sign off, that is our giveaway. If you haven't heard yet, we are running a free website giveaway. Um, we're picking one, one local small business and we're gonna do a brand new free website for that business beginning, beginning to end, design it, develop it, put it out there for you. It also comes with a free year of hosting so you don't have to worry about it for all of 2021. Uh, basically, this is a crazy time. We know an online uh, presence, a strong online presence can be invaluable to small businesses. So uh, we want to jump in there for someone who wouldn't otherwise have the ability to do that this year um, and give them just an awesome start to 2021. So if you have a business and you think that you uh, you would you know fit the bill for that, then go to wildmanweb.com slash giveaway. I'll put that link in the comments here and put in your information or if you know someone you can nominate someone else just a uh, an awesome deserving small business that maybe needs a little bit of a pickup at the beginning of of this new year so again i'll put that link over here in the comments here at the end of the show and we'll be announcing the winner of that here live on this show so make sure to tune in mike did you have anything else over there while you're stalling for me to put this link in the comments no yeah um Great stuff there, Miles. Yeah, tell uh, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your pa about the uh, website giveaway. Wish we could do a whole lot more and, you know, give everybody a free website uh, because most small businesses need it. But, you know, if we can at least help one one small business and make a difference, uh, that that's going to be a big step forward and we're happy to do it. But other than that, I think we've ran uh, we've ran over time here, Miles. So I'm going yeah. to bow out, bid adieu right. and wish everybody a... Uh, a successful and, and, and healthy week. We'll see you next time. All right. See you, Mike. So we'll be back here Wednesday, 11 o'clock live streaming to our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Uh, if you like what we're doing here, if you think that the information we're putting out here is useful, is valuable, give us a like, give us a share, subscribe. You know how you know the drill here uh, that helps us to reach more people, answer more questions and be more of a resource to our community here. So um, otherwise, check back in next week for uh, Wildman Web Solutions. Ask Wildman. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. <laughs>